Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Scholarship Corporation Radio Network. Heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Your source for college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide. Hey, everybody, it's Anthony, CEO and founder of the Athletic Scholarship Corporation. On the line today, I have Sean Porter, championship boxer. He's retired now. Sean, how long have you been relaxing, if you've had a chance? <laughs> I don't even know if I relaxed the night after the fight. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say I'm retired since November of 2021. And uh, I think, if anything, I may relax on Sundays. Probably not, though. I don't relax too much. I'm still very much busy and uh, trying to get a few other businesses off the ground and moving as seamlessly as my boxing career did. So 2008-2021, are my numbers right? That's your pro career? I turned pro right after the 2008 Olympic Games in October. And uh, and then it was was almost 13 years that I fought professional. I, I retired in 21. Yeah. From Ohio, we know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where'd yeah. you go to high yeah. school? I went to. Uh, actually, attended two high schools. I first attended Cuyahoga Falls High School, uh, suburb suburb of Akron. Uh, I played football at a very high level, and my dad wasn't too happy with what the head coaches of the varsity decided to do with me my sophomore year. I should have been starting on both sides of the ball my sophomore year. And for a majority of the season, I only started defense. And uh, my dad said, hey, there's a, there's a couple of kids there that because of seniority, they are uh, in your position. And I don't like that. So we transferred to Stowe Monroe Falls High School. And I attended uh, Stowe my junior and senior year. And uh, – Obviously, and as a football player, I had uh, two really good seasons independently, not the team, just just me as a, as a player. I had two very good seasons, and uh, after high school, I, I dedicated my, my time and, and attention 100% to boxing. So the topic today and the reason why I reached out, I, I know your mother very well. She worked with me, stand-up individual, high-integrity lady, always had my back, see me go through hell and high water. One of the it's individuals. Funny. Go ahead. It's funny because it's funny because that sounds like a your mama joke, but it's like it's no. it's true. Like <laughs> you know, you really do know my mom uh, extremely well, and you and you you were a great help for a very long time. And I don't think th- I'm pretty sure this is the first time I've ever seen you. Yes. Right. This yep. is the only time. But I've I've known the name Anthony for so long. Never even knew your last name, but you definitely kept my mom afloat for a very long time so publicly thank you um you know i've followed your career i've heard about you every day and in, in what they call the you know the water cooler over coffee and she just said i'll never forget her i always try to stay in touch with her and i know she lives in you know i'm here in ohio and she moved and, and moved on got you know remarried all that good stuff and she you know is very happy but she's one of the few individuals that came and said you know here's some recommendations and here's what I think we should do. Go ahead and do it. it it's your baby. Go ahead. 
and she always did well and ran with it. So today's topic is about the influence of your family, because a lot of us, as you know, I was an athlete at one point, you know, not anymore, just look at me, but um, back in the day, I didn't want to take advice from anybody, let alone a family member. And I deal with athletes today for 18 years, helping them get in college. And one of the biggest things you see is dad and mom trying to tell them and they don't want to listen. So here you yeah. are, your mom's managing some of your public relations, am I right, or helping out? She is doing all of my executives. She calls herself my executive assistant. I just, I just call her my assistant. But basically, she's she's helping with my scheduling. She's helping with uh, uh, with my travel when I when I when I have things to do. Uh, she's helping me pay bills. I mean, the, the whole nine pay other pay other employees that I have. All of those things. So you have your dad, who did he push you into the boxing, or you know, where where do we start when you're little? Is this something that you said, you know, I really want to do this, or obviously parents guide, but what, do you remember yeah. how you felt like working with them over the years? I do. I remember there were there were actually there's been quite a few phases throughout my life. Um, as a kid, it was just do it because this is what dad said do. I mean, I'm five six years old. I remember by the time I started uh, elementary school, my dad wanted me to run a mile every day. And I'm running around the block, and these kids that were just slightly older than me, what are you doing running? Why are you running? My brother and I, hey, we box, so we have, to, we have to jog. And then they say, oh, you can't fight. You can't box. Come fight me now. Come box me now. Oh, it's yeah. like, now I don't even want to run around my block because I'm, I'm bringing attention to myself. And and it's and it's just uncomfortable. I remember for a very long time I didn't even want to box because of the intention it it, it, it attracted, and it, more times than not it was positive attention. But I just didn't want the attention altogether. And um, I remember I'm about 11 years old, 10 about 10 years old. Tell my dad I want to box. He he asked me why, and I I told him I didn't know why. I, I knew why. I, I was uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, but I didn't really know how to express that when I was a kid. And I'll never forget this. My dad said, you can't quit until you can tell me why you want, why you don't want to do something. You have to do it. And I, and that, that always stuck with me. And so that really was the only conversation I had about me not boxing all the way up until I uh, re retired most recently. And I think that I really just kind of fell in love with, with some aspects of the sport. Once I started to travel more and I got to go around the, the world boxing and it didn't ha I didn't have to pay for it. That's that's really when I was all sold on it was when I when I realized that I could travel, I could do this, I could get paid a little bit of money to take care of myself while I'm on on a trip and I and I never had to pay for the trip in the first place. So it was, you know, perform at optimum, and you get and you get rewarded for it. So that's kind of when I was all in. What was your your push limit, your moment where you're just maxed out, and and dads in your ear or coaches in your ear, and you're just like, I don't want to do this. And, I mean, and I faced it. I can't remember how many times. Yeah, um, you know what? And 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 just to kind of pull back on what you said, this is about having your family and your family being. A, a good influence on your life. My dad, what I have in my dad is something that most fighters and most athletes don't get out of their coach. My dad 
he really understood me and he really knew who I was inside and out. That question that, that you just asked, when, when, when did you, you know, when was that moment where you just knew that you had enough and your dad continued to push? It was every single, before every single fight. I would get to a point during training when I'm like, all right, why are we still, why are we still here? Why didn't we leave the gym an hour ago? Right. And my dad knew that, that that extra push was needed in that moment. And it always resonated itself in the ring. It, it never ceased to fail where I was over-prepared for a moment that I needed to be very prepared for. I don't know if that makes sense, but it was always like the preparation was always far and beyond what was needed, but it always seemed to be exactly what was, what was needed, in, especially in the big fights that I had. Yeah, I mean, it's not for everybody, you know, to get at the level you've been at and, and people that I've no. worked with or know personally, it's a totally different. And everybody says, oh, it's it's God-given gifts, it's this, that. Yeah, we have some foundation, we have some tools, but to learn how to tap into those tools and, and the mental aspect of the game is yeah. is, is huge, right, in, yeah. in any sport. Yeah. They, nobody nobody has that code, and I, and I, I try to express this, to the athletes and to even like young men that I've seen kids at, at playing football and, and just kids in school, so on and so forth. I always tell them, as I always say, work hard. I said, but there's no recipe to how hard you need to work. I said, when, when you, I said, stay focused. There's no, God didn't give us, there's no recipe on how, how to measure how focused you are. I said, you're kids. So this is what I can tell you. When you've stayed away from your phone and you see that you got 30 messages that you didn't answer and you weren't even aware that your phone was ringing, that's when you realize, that's when you know you were in a state of focus. When you're, when you're, when nothing can take you away from whatever it is you're doing so much so to, that you have to like almost shake out of it and realize like, wow, like I, I, I was, I was away from my phone for a full hour for kids nowadays, for us today. Huh. That's, that's, that's true focus. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so like, if anything, I've given, like, kids a small way of measuring where, where your level of focus is. And then when, when you go back to, to the hard work, when you feel like you, you've exhausted yourself, but you can still operate, that's when you know you've worked hard. If you can leave the gym or you can leave the homework, and you've got all of this energy inside of you and you can do this and that, it's probably a little bit more work you could have done. And I tell them all the time, I said, don't overwork yourself. Don't go to exhaustion where you can't, you don't want to think, you don't want to operate, you don't want to be around others, you don't want to talk. And these are like, now you overwork yourself. But you can really look at a situation and you feel you have enough energy to go on. It's when you can measure yourself and say, yeah, I really worked hard today, you know? Yeah. Looking back, um, try to try to think as a, a high school student athlete or just a young athlete, what would you do different or what have you learned now as, as a grown adult successful, you know, when you're successful and, and we both have in different lives, you know, you're, you're a pro athlete. I tried to do yeah. it. Didn't work out. I grew yeah, some businesses, worked out, failed, won, been through it. There's a lot of things that we, we learned through failure that when I look back, I wish I can go, hey, I, you know, I want to do this. 
or this yeah. different? What would you do different? That's a tough question. It is a tough question because when you're 34 and there's so many experiences oh. that you've had and so many things you wish you could redo and, and so on and so forth, I think to answer your question, the thing I do now, and I've probably done this, I'm 34. I probably started doing this when I was around 25 or 26. My ability to self-assess myself and be um, productively critical of myself is immeasurable. I mean, I can literally be in the moment. I do commentary for TV and I, I do live. Live is, is like I'm always on point when it's live. Yeah. Whenever we're recording something, it's like, it's like, man, I just sound so messy. And then we go live and it's like, where was that guy? You know, this is, the, yeah. I need to be this guy all the time. But even as I do my commentary in my mind, I'm self-assessing how I may say words. If I, if I said the wrong thing, if I, if I should tweak something, I mean, my ability to self-assess myself is is unbelievable and the reason why i'm talking about self-assessment is because you get better and like you said again through failure it forces you to assess what 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 you did right what you did wrong what you need to change if we if we win every time and i'm not saying that winning is a bad thing but winning does not make us as self-aware as losing does or as failure does i through my experience i'm not telling everybody to seek losing to seek failure all i'm simply saying is through my losses through my through my failures i've become very much more self-aware and i've been able to self-assess myself and when you self-assess yourself you're able to be honest and make adjustments and improve and so i think that that was the long version of how you can improve yourself whether that's on the football field, on the basketball court, in the executive office, uh, in the cubicle, uh, right before you take out some teeth, <laughs> right before you go do a delivery, uh, everything. If we if we become much more, if we become more self-assessment, if we become more uh, self-aware of our, 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 our ourselves and we're able to self-assess ourselves and be pr productively critical, we become better. Yeah, you have to be honest with yourself, and it does translate from sports to business. Um, yeah. You know, you have to be able to say, this isn't in my wheelhouse, this isn't my skill set, I need to get people around me, and it, and it goes back as early as, you know, 20-some years ago with your mom saying, I need help, I'm glad you stepped forward, because that's a quality I look for in an individual. Yeah. Can't check every box with any of us, it, we're not perfect, mm -hmm. but if mm -hmm. you show initiative and you have the drive, it's like, you know, you do the, the push-ups, you build muscle, right? But yeah. a lot of people don't want to go through the push-ups, especially today's yeah. youth. I'm watching them, and I'm going, this is really getting different, and how do we yeah. – and I think doing podcasts with people like you because they see you now, but they don't really know the sweat equity. They don't know yeah. the tears, the blood, the injuries. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you've cried sometimes and go, man, this is – it's breaking my spirit right now, and you got to be yeah. mentally strong. You know, they don't yeah. – not everybody's a Navy SEAL. Not everybody's a boxer. Yeah. Not everybody's a – you know, you got nobody to blame. That's Here's what I know, sport. though. What I know, though, I, I have I actually have a, uh, a a life coaching certification, so I've gone through the whole the psychology and things like that. And one thing I do know 
is we can all become stronger from a mental standpoint. And it's called mental fortitude. And some of us, things we go through have created this fortitude. Some of us are actually born and just have this innate ability to be very strong mentally. And others, you have to build them up. And so I, and I'll just, from a personal standpoint, I'll take myself and my brother as an example. I, I do believe that I was given, I, I was blessed with, a, with more mental fortitude than my brother. My brother was born a little bit more emotional and a little bit more, uh, he, he would be, he would get rattled a little easier than I would. Kenny. And yeah. And I think that that's just what we were born. And so what I've learned about, about myself and my brother was, dang, if someone, if someone knew what I know now, they could have helped my brother at, at a young age, and he'd be a lot, a lot stronger from a mental standpoint than he is now trying to pick up the pieces on his own and, and, and always trying to be next to me to pull on my mental strength and pull on my strength to make him stronger, I think that there's exercises, there's things that we can do that, that can help us become stronger from a mental standpoint. And so for anyone out there that feels like, you know, I just, I just can't handle it. I break down so quickly and so easily. Stop, stop accepting that. Accept the fact that you can get stronger and start looking for those ways to improve your mental fortitude. But I do want everyone out there to know that, no, we're not all Navy SEALs. Right. And those Navy SEALs, if you if we're being honest, those Navy SEALs weren't always Navy SEALs. They built themselves up to be that way. And so even though, no, I work at an office, I don't have to be a Navy SEAL, there's something you're going to go through at some point that you're going to have to have a Navy SEAL mentality. And so even though you don't need to be a, mental, a Navy SEAL, maybe you see what they do in their day-to-day. Maybe you see some of the exercises they've done and you pull on some of those exercises to make you more, uh, more uh, make you stronger from a mental standpoint. I do think that we can all get better. What's the best book you ever read? I'm not a reader. Oh, there we go. What about do you follow? Here's, twi- here, here's the twist. Here's the twist. Uh, Audible. <laughs> I turned pro. I t- yeah, yeah. I turned pro in '08, and maybe in like 2014 or 15, I was like. I can't wait till I'm done boxing. I'm going to write a book. As a matter of fact, I'm going to write two books. My first book is going to be an autobiography, and then the other book is going to be a self-help book. And so then I retired. And along the way, I had already had these notes in my phone and written down and all of these things. And so now I'm retired, and now it's time to start this book. So I sit down, and I'm thinking about, you know, I had already, like, had these visions of how I wanted the book to start and all these types of things. But now I have to be real and I have to be realistic and I have to start putting like, you know, putting the the pen to the pad, you know, and I'm sitting here and I start thinking to myself, how can I expect people to do something that I don't like? I I don't like to read and I'm going to be honest, I actually wouldn't read it. That thought, I said, you know what? I'm going to give the people what I, what, what I do. I'm a, I'm a movie guy. I'm a movie goer. I mean, like I do, I do, I'm a movie critic. I do, uh, I do uh, movie um, reviews 
after these big movies come out, I do reviews and I post them. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? Why, why wouldn't I give the people what I like to do? And so now I'm working on a documentary. I, I put the, all, the, all of the, the put, you know, all of the movements been put forth for a documentary. And so now my thing is, no, I'm not a book reader, but I, I will make time to watch documentaries because I, I'm a visual guy, you know. So the books have never really been my forte at all. So what movie influenced you as a young athlete? There's got to be, don't say Rocky. <laughs> There's yeah, got to be a no, good one. Def definitely not Rocky. Um, <laughs> my favorite movie is, is actually a, foot, it's a, it's a, it's a football movie, Any Given Sunday. Oh. It's, a, it's an all-star cast. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Foxx, Al Pacino, Cameron Diaz, LL Cool J, Bill Bellamy, the list goes on. But I think one thing that inspires me about that movie is you see a young black quarterback, especially in a time where black quarterbacks really still weren't the 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 a, a thing in the NFL. I think that you they they were you know we're, we're not going to get into that, but in the movie it was hard for him to be accepted as a young black quarterback, and he had to fight through a lot of adversity to get where he got at the end of the movie. And so I've always resonate, I've always related to that from a, from a simple fact of in my sport, the short guy is never expected to, to be the successful guy. The, the, the big muscle bound dude is always expected to lose to the guy who's, who's long and thin and fast and sleek and things of that nature. And so I've, I've always related to that movie from a standpoint of people telling Willie Beeman he couldn't do it and people telling Showtime Sean Porter he couldn't do it. And I was like, I've seen this before. I'm going to go ahead and make sure this movie is real in my life, you know? Well, that movie's it's so accurate. I mean, playing yeah. football and going through a process and even trying to make it on my own. And, and, I mean, the drugs, the even you talk about the quarterback situation back then, you know, I'm 49, so I played through that era. It was always yeah. a stigma is that, you know, that a, a black quarterback isn't cerebral enough to, to, to play that position. And here we are today where, you know, we, we're, we're, we're paying Sh uh, Deshaun Watson huge money with a lot of baggage. Yeah. So that tells you where yeah. we're at. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what's <laughs> yeah. the toughest fight you were in? in the ring that you won, but you, you were like, this is the toughest, and you actually won the fight. Does it feel like all of them? <laughs> it, it, honestly, it does feel like all of them, and that's, that's actually the question that nobody ever asked. Nobody ever asked, what fight were you in that you won, and you walked out of there and was like, man, that just, that was so hard for me. Everybody wants to know what's the hard, just in general, what's the hardest fight. And, um, you know, I've, I've been blessed enough to have a few uh, fights with, that are considered instant classics. And, and, I'm, and I'm very, very grateful for that. I did have one fight, and I'll go ahead and say his name, Andre Berto. When Berto was at his, like, his highest point as a professional fighter, everybody said that if Sean Porter and Andre Berto fought, it would be like two sticks of dynamite popping off at the same time and that's exactly how that fight ended up being it was very physical it was very gruesome and here's my here's my evidence 
for anyone because I did. I knocked him out. But here's my evidence for anyone that doesn't believe that that fight was the hardest fight for me, even though I won it. At the end of the fight, you'll see me go to, to the ropes. I didn't even go to my corner. I just went to the ropes, and I put my hands on the ropes, and I, and I hung my head. And it was because I was, like, physically exhausted. I was mentally exhausted. And I really could not wait for that fight to end. It was, it was very physical, more than the more physical fights I've ever been in. So I've watched your fights because I've always, like we said before we, we started rolling it, I was waiting for those tickets and mom never got them. <laughs> um, so that's my only problem with mama. But other than that, yeah. you know, Jeanette is a beautiful lady and always, you know, she knows how I feel. Get about you her. some tickets to something else. How about yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll come back one of those fights with Tyson when you're 50. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not coming back to the ring, but <laughs> I'm, I'm working on some big things, my man. Cool. So cool. you, it, you, you, You've seen me on TV in the ring. You may see me on TV outside of the ring. Let's put it like that. Mark are you, you going to show your hand or are you going to be quiet about this? Is it managing? No, or not at all. I've, 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 I've been pretty uh, boisterous about this. I, um, I'm looking at getting into the film industry. Uh, I actually have two movies right now that I am on the table and projected to be the lead of both of those films. Uh, having never even acted before uh on screen or you know anything like that i do have an acting coach um but as you can see every fighter if if a fighter does not have high expectations of himself he's he's just gonna fall by the wayside and so what i've done was and my dad we always had this very high expectation and so now what i've done is i've just transferred all of that energy and all of Everything that I've had a high expectation to do in boxing, and now I just transfer that to everything else that I do in life. So um, I do. I'm expected to be uh, in film and television extremely soon. So I watched your last fight, and obviously, you you know, I've watched your press conference about the retirement, and then even some yeah. interviews about how you felt about that retirement. And you know, outsider looking in and kind of knowing the dynamics of of part of your your upbringing is it a decision of i'm going to leave on top okay you lost a fight we all lose a fight but i'm gonna leave with my health I'm, i've got other plans how how influential was was your dad in that decision and i know he took some heat on that because yeah. um, i saw that <laughs> and, I, and i think at the end of the day i'm looking as a father you know if it's my son my son plays basketball right now he's competitive it, yeah, you know, God willing, he'll be great. If he isn't, doesn't. Yes, sir. I know he is. But yeah. if I was in your dad's situation, I'd probably do the same thing. You, you want to see your child healthy, and that's a tough sport. You know, just like football, yeah. a lot of head injuries, a lot of you got a whole life ahead of you. Is that did that yeah. play through that night when you when you walked away? I think it had been playing and, and through my mind, and also through my dad's mind for 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 quite a bit of time. Um. The honest and real decision as to why I chose to retire that night in that moment, uh, and I had told my dad this, I thought that I was going to retire three years before I actually retired. I thought early 2019, I thought I was going to retire after I fought Errol Spence Jr. I thought that he was going to be the hardest fight of my life. And I didn't think that there was going to be anything else for me to do after that fight. And so even after the fight, 
there was something telling me that that wasn't enough, but I was kind of ignoring it. And I was just sitting in my room thinking to myself, how do I tell my dad I, I want to retire? How do I tell my dad I want to retire? And through the process of trying to figure out how do I say this, <laughs> the, the, new, the new process became you're not done. There's still something else out there for you. And so then the mark became Terrence Crawford. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I made it my decision. After I fight Terrence Crawford, now then I'm done. I would have fought every big bad wolf out there in my division and I don't have any goals beyond that. And so I'm sitting there at the press conference. The fight was very close until the point that I had gotten knocked down twice, never been knocked down twice in a professional in my boxing career. Had actually only been knocked down once uh, in my career in total, two in total. And so it was, it was a really surreal thing that had happened between my dad stepping on the apron and basically throwing in the towel until the moment that my dad said, Sean, they want you to go to the post-fight press conference, but if you don't want to do it, we don't have to go. I looked at my dad and said, no, I'm good. Let's go. Because I had this energy inside me. I had this this uh, this sense of pride and, 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 and a sense of being proud of myself. And I wanted everyone to see it. So we get dressed. We go to the press conference. And I wasn't even thinking about it. I wasn't thinking like, where's my opportunity? When's it going to come? But, and, and, and it was almost... That, that moment had almost gone by until a uh, reporter stands up and asks the question, so, Sean, what do you do now? You fought everybody. Are you going to move up to 154? Are you going to try to get a rematch? What, what do you want to do now? It seems like you've done everything that there can be, that, that can be done at the, in the what's what division. Well, it's funny you ask because I'm retiring. <laughs> and you hear all of these gasps across the room. Everybody's looking at me like you barely lost that fight. We see why, essentially why you lost that fight. You're still young. You're still healthy. You still look great. Why, why retire now? Well, I'm retiring now because I gave this sport 13 years of my life, uh, 26 in total, Real, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you count being an amateur. And I have so many more things that I want to do in my life. That I'm going to use this moment now to catapult me to everything else, and so essentially that's what I've done, man. Um, it wasn't a it wasn't an emotional decision, and it wasn't a decision that I made because of my dad. It was simply the goal that I made, even though th- through th- through defeat, that that goal was still accomplished because I wanted to get in the ring with someone that people told me I wouldn't be able to get in the ring with. And I wanted to outbox and outperform and beat someone that they told me I wouldn't be able to outbox and outperform. And essentially, I, I had almost done that, you know. So very, very happy being a retired professional boxer who speaks pretty well <laughs> and is still healthy enough to roll around with my children every day. 
Yeah, and I'm sure your wife and, and family, you got a good group around you, and, and, and I yeah. know you'll be successful in the next endeavor. And, you know, yeah. I'm sure you could pick up the phone and ask LeBron some questions about running a <laughs> film company. Um, yeah. But, you know, last question, I appreciate your time. It was awesome to finally connect. My plan yeah. is to get with mom and figure out some travel and try to get together in person. And, um, you know, and maybe I can help you with some business stuff. God knows I've screwed up enough of them. I could give you some <laughs> don't do that um, type okay. tips. But um, last question, what's your championship moment outside of sports? What, what has been my championship moment outside of sports to this point? Yeah, championship moment, not sports. I mean, we all want to go. Man, that first belt I won. We we get it, and yeah, and, yeah. and even yeah. your child being born, and maybe that's your championship moment, right? I mean, there's a lot yeah. of them, but when, you, when just as you, maybe I'll rephrase this as an individual not being selfish, putting yeah. everybody aside, the child we know that, and, and getting married, those are all ties. But yes, what what's your championship moment outside of sports that you just said, I did this, or man, I, I just remember this rest rest of my life. Just a, a moment I'm that. Tell you what, I don't think that moment's come yet. That's the first time I got that. I don't think that moment has come yet. You, I don't think you've talked to anyone who's thirty-four. <laughs> no, I've been talking to a lot of old guys and young cats. Man, I get them young too. Okay. But okay. man, I I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. You got the family in there. You're rocking and rolling. And sorry for canceling the last time. We got some stuff going on here in Cleveland. That's just wild. Yeah, I'm sorry uh, for everything that's happened out that way. Um, I want to thank you for giving me that. What is your championship moment? I'm going to start asking these. I, I speak to a lot of people, a, a lot like yourself. I have a podcast, and that's a that's a phenomenal question. It's not even a great question. That's a phenomenal question. Well, I had it my, asked to my, me, so that's why my I true, it. My true answer is that moment has not come. And it's because there's something greater lying ahead of me beyond having having my first son. That that really was a championship moment. I tell you how much of a championship moment it was. Um, I had him in 2018. A little bit later on that year, I had a championship title fight. And I won the championship title. And I'll never forget that moment. And even in the moment, I said, wow, this feels just like when I had Shaddai. Those are two championship moments, yeah. and, they're, and they're real championship moments, but I've got something great lying ahead of me, and I'm going to get back on the line with you when I have that championship moment. So how do people follow you? Just drop all your – I know your Twitter, I posted it, but how, how do people uh, follow you? For, I think for the metal yeah. coach stuff, I think you're going to be amazing at that because it's so important – Looking now at being, you know, adults, the mental game, I think diet and mental game yeah. are about training, <laughs> They're the hardest. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Um, and this is what I tell everybody. If you don't believe that it's more mental than it is physical, just understand that God gave you everything that you have physical. It's up to you to hone in on it. It's, on, it's up to you to, to, to make it greater than what God has already made it. And how do you do that with mental preparation, emotional preparation, with focus, with discipline? None of those things equate to you to, to physical. All of those things are, are mental. So, yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I do expect to become um, a very good, I'll let everybody else say great, but a very good uh, 
mentor and and a life coach and uh anyone who's looking for that or anything else you can follow me on my social media showtime sean p is my social media and uh that's twitter that's instagram and uh and then also my podcast which you can pull a lot of inspiration and motivation from as well is the portaway podcast and that is on every single podcast platform out there uh i encourage everyone to watch it on youtube because that's when you really get to see the uh the characters I, yeah i saw you it. really get to see us at work that's when you really get to see us at work so yeah, it's like a college it. dorm. It's like just, you know, kicking it with all, all the guys. <laughs> I watched it. I'm like, this is pretty good. I like it. So my yeah, wife, I got you. one question on behalf of my wife who you'll meet. She said, honey, uh, that didn't sound good. What was that? Somebody almost got into a car accident, but Ouch. we're good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So my wife yeah. asked last night, and I couldn't answer it. She said, who names the guys? I, do you, does every boxer have a nickname? I said, yeah, uh-huh. Iron Mike. Everybody's got a nickname. And she goes, yeah. who picks them? Is it? They do it themselves, or I said I don't know. I, I don't think it's like the WWE, or but but where does a boxer get his name? That, that's a last question. In my experience, just about every fighter has a story if they have a name. Not every fighter actually has a boxing name. I did not know that. Which is which is surprising. Not every fighter has a name, but but when we have these these ring names is what we call them. Usually, there's a story behind them. And, um, and and then the same thing. If a fighter doesn't have a ring name, how why don't you have a ring name? Well, nobody ever gave me one, or I never thought about it. You know, that's always the story. Yeah. So that story's that that story's quick and easy. But uh, for me, my dad gave me the name Showtime when I was a teenager, and um, I think it was because he looked up to a fighter uh, when he was young who had the name Showtime. And um, I think that it, that name just really, really fit me. I think essentially he was trying to pass it on to me from that guy, even though he didn't get permission from that guy. But I think I really became Showtime. You know what I mean? So there's that. Awesome, Showtime. We'll get together. Have mom call me. I'll reach out to mom. We'll get together. I mean, we're all, you know, we're all, we, we got to do it, man. I'm, I'm excited to hear about the I'm business and, and your mom's going to do a great job i can tell you you know thank you man. You, you we'll we'll talk off record one day about you know what what she's done and i appreciate your time greatly man i know you're a busy guy and, and we'll talk soon thank you anthony let's do this again especially when i have that championship moment all right my man be safe okay thank you you too all right bye-bye Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Scholarship Corporation Radio Network. Heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide.